Thanks for checking out the Refuge Official Podcast. Wherever you're from, we hope that this message will encourage you and help you grow in your relationship with God. Now, here's one of our leaders, Tim Kleiner. Good morning, everyone. My name is Tim Kleiner. I will be speaking today. Um, I actually work here at Refuge at the ministry. Um, I oversee the financial and facility department. So um, Pastor Matt had asked me to to speak. Um, he is actually at home with Pastor Deb. Um, they um, had taken ill this last night, and so he's just um, recovering from, from that, and so he did not want to, to spread any germs to, to anybody. So he had asked me to speak. Um, this year, um, we have some hashtags, kind of the theme for what we've got going, going on, and they've got, I believe, a slide up on the screen. Um, hashtag generational impact, God is faithful, and limitless God. And how many know we serve a God that is faithful? If he did it before, he will do it again. So no matter what you're going through today, God is faithful. And he has unlimited favor for you, unlimited grace, unlimited love, and unlimited power that he wants to demonstrate in your life. So Psalm 89.1 says, I will sing of the steadfast love of the Lord forever. With my mouth, I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. All right. Why don't we go ahead and pray before we get into the word. Um, Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you right now. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness, for your mercy, for your faithfulness that you have shown us. Even when we were unfaithful, you have remained faithful. And you, you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for us. We thank you for the redemption that we have in Christ, for the body that was broken for us, for, for the blood that was shed for us, that we can become new creations, a new people um, made in your image. And we thank you, Father God, for that. We thank you uh, for Pastor Matt and Pastor Deb. We lift them up in prayer right now. We thank you for physical healing for their bodies. We thank you that by Jesus' stripes, they were healed 2,000 years ago on the cross of Calvary. And we thank you, Father, that healing power is at work in their body right now to affect a healing and a cure and to drive out any germ, any infection that is attacking them. And we thank you. We give you all the praise and glory. Father God, we thank you for this message today. We thank you for eyes to hear or eyes to see, ears to hear what you would have us to see in your word, Lord. We thank you, Father God, that that not one person that is in the sound of my voice would leave the same, but that you would touch us, that you would change us, that you would conform us into your image. We, I ask, Father God, that you also help me to communicate your words, what you would have us to hear. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so last week, we, um, Pastor Matt had started um, talking about um, birth, and relating natural birth to the new birth. And, you know, when we are born again, we have received the life and the nature of God. But we come after that birth, uh, we come into a babyhood of state, just like in the natural. When you're born, uh, you develop and you grow and you become a toddler. And so, how many have toddlers out there? 
Now, toddlers are very interesting, and I love them. I have one of my own. And so they're into different things. They're exploring things. Um, they're all over the place. Sometimes they're, they're happy. Sometimes they're fussy. And sometimes they get into stuff they shouldn't be. Um, so they're fun, okay? So, but with a toddler, with, with a baby, it, when it comes to, the, to being a Christian, to the new birth, we want to grow and we want to develop into spiritual adulthood. We don't want to go back to the babyhood of, of stage of life. You guys would want, do you want to go back to not being able to do anything for yourself, someone to, to have to feed you, someone to, to um, if you have a runny nose, wipe your nose or wipe in other areas? You know, you don't want to go back to that, right? You want to grow and you want to develop. You want to have a sense of independence and dependent upon yourself. But you, really, if you think about it, when it comes to our walk with the Lord, it's kind of the opposite. The more we grow and the more we develop, we need to become more dependent upon God and more dependent upon his faithfulness, more dependent upon his unlimited grace, favor, love, and power. So the first thing that attracts you to a baby is their innocence, right? They're pure. They're purity. They've, they don't know anything. They're totally pure. I remember uh, when my first child, Allie, was born. She'll be 18 next month. I cannot believe that. We're sending her off to college here this next year. That does not seem possible at all. But I remember the day that she was born, and in that hospital, almost 18 years ago, she was born, and as uh, they were taking care of my wife, they gave Allie to me, and I held her for that first time. And she was wide awake, her eyes were just open, really wide, and I held her into my arms, and she just stared right into my eyes. And she would not take her eyes off of my eyes. And she became my girl right there. Right? So, but there was a sense of innocence about that. Right? When we're born again into the family of God, I want you to know you're innocent. It doesn't matter a baby doesn't have a past. A baby doesn't have guilt or shame. When you were born again, you were born with the life of God in you. And God does not see your past. He does not see your guilt. He doesn't see shame. But he sees his son or he sees his daughter as innocent and pure. But as we grow, as we develop into the things of God, we need to see ourselves as that and not look at our shame, not, not look at the past guilt, but look at the cross, look at Jesus, because that is the place that we were reborn. 
unless you let the past die, it will never let your future live. Don't keep nursing and rehearsing the pain of the past. Now, that's easier said than done. But the only way that that will ever happen in your life is if you take the word of God on a daily basis and you conform, you change your thinking from the world into thinking in the way God thinks. You see yourself the way God sees you. And the only way that that will happen in your life is if you spend time with him in his word. Even though innocence is associated with babyhood stage of Christianity, it is one characteristic, one characteristic that we never outgrow. And that is a preservation of moral innocence. We have to see ourselves as innocent before God, not guilty before him, but then we need to live our life in conformity to that innocence. We have to live a pure and holy life. Now, as a new believer has a new outlook on life through their encounter with God, it is pure, sincere, full of faith. We have a new outlook. See, a new birth brings about a new taste, new likes, new desires, new want-tos. So sometimes uh, when I worked at, I used to work a secular job in, And people would ask me, well, why don't you ever smoke? Why don't you ever drink? Why don't you come to the strip bar or the strip club with with me? Why why don't you do that? Is is that against your religion? You know, that may be the case. It's, It's not against my beliefs. But the reality is, I don't want to. I don't want to drink. I don't want to do drugs. I don't want to go to the strip club. Why? Because the new birth changed my want-tos. When you become a new creature on the inside of you, God will change your want-tos. He will change your want-tos to what he wants for, for your life. Let's go to uh, 1 Peter chapter 3. 1 Peter chapter 3. First Peter chapter 3, verses 1 through 3 says, So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and slander. Like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. So here we see... Um, of the new birth or being born again into the family of God likened uh, to being a spiritual infant, okay? And so notice in verse 1, he says, put away all malice and all deceit and all hypocrisy and all envy and all slander. See, these are characteristics of the old, the old way of life. And oftentimes they can be characteristics of the babyhood of life, of our spiritual life in, in Christ. And those are the things that we need to put aside and and to grow up and to mature. So how do we do that? How do we mature to become a spiritual adult? 
He says, like newborn babes, long for the spiritual milk that by it you may grow up. We want to grow up. And the way we do it is through the word of God, feeding on the milk of the word of God. And so it says, like newborn babes, long for it. So if you have an infant baby and they're hungry, they let you know about it real quick. They are passionate about eating. We need to be passionate about feeding upon God's word. And with that passion, the proof of desire is in pursuit. If you desire the word, if you desire God, if you desire to conform to his image and to grow up, then you will pursue him. You will long for him. You will cry out for more of him. And then in verse, verse 3, he says, um, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. How do we taste that the Lord is good? How do we taste that the Lord is faithful? How do we taste that, the, that God is unlimited? That, that, that there's no limits with God? We taste of that by tasting of the milk of God's word. So now when a, a newborn baby is born and that mother is giving milk for the very first time, that first milk is called colostrum, right? And so colostrum is kind of a, kind of a, a clear, milky, white uh, substance that is, is designed for three things. It produces growth, it's loaded and enriched with vitamins and minerals. But, it all, but because it has those vitamins and minerals and things in it, it fights against disease and infection. It's also, it also acts as a, laxa, a laxative. It flushes out all the potential junk that may be in that baby. That is just like what the Word of God is. The Word of God is full of rich nutrients and minerals that will protect you from being infected how the world thinks, how our society and culture does things. It brings protection. It brings protection against demonic attack or when Satan tries to bring about things in your life. It brings protection. The Word of God also acts like a laxative. It flushes the junk out of our life. It flushes the junk of our past, the past guilt, the past shame. Some of us, we just need a good spiritual flushing, right? We need to get the junk out of our life. And that only happens when we feed upon the Word of God. So there's three things with when it comes to uh, the, the babyhood stage. Of, of Christianity. And we talked about one, their innocence. But number two, there's ignorance. God does not want us to stay in the babyhood of ignorance. He wants us to come to know him, to, to not be ignorant and not to, uh, part of the definition of ignorance is um, not only the lack of knowledge, but the lack of experience, the lack of intimacy. He doesn't want us to be ignorant of who he is. And so in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 4, and actually we'll just probably just read 3, it says, His divine power 
has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him. So all these things that pertain to life and godliness, God has done everything that he's going to do to bless you. He's given you Jesus. He's given you redemption. He's given you the Holy Spirit. He's given you the word of God. He has given you so much that we can pertain, that pertains to life and godliness. And really, godliness is the goal of spiritual growth, being conformed to his image and to his likeness. But we will never come to that if we don't have a knowledge of him. For 1 Peter 1.3 says it comes through the knowledge of him. That only happens on a daily basis with that intimate fellowship with him. It's not, honestly, guys, it's not enough to read a two-minute devotional in the morning. It's not enough to read a, a promise scripture, one of those little books that, that gives you a, a verse a day. I, you know, I've got one. It's in my bathroom right above my toilet. <laughs> So you just flip it the next day, and it just gives you another verse, you know. If that's all your time in the Word of God is one of those things in the bathroom, it's not enough. It is a daily fellowship with him in the Word, meditating on his promises, meditating upon his goodness, fellowshipping with him through prayer. That is what's going to cause you to grow, to develop into mature adulthood. Right? All right. He doesn't want us to be ignorant. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1, it says, But I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh. And so we hear that, that term flesh. And so what that simply means is um, he's saying I had to address you like you weren't even saved. That like you didn't even know who Jesus was. So here, this, this church, they were believers in Christ, um, they were born again, but their lifestyle projected um, the classification that they weren't even saved. They were living according to the flesh. And so what we mean by the flesh is that sinful, worldly, human nature. And we all have to deal with that. See, when you were born again... Your spirit was alive unto God, but you still have this, this human nature that you have to deal with that has been programmed by the world, how the world thinks, how our culture talks, how our culture conducts ourselves. If we, can, if we treat our wife like an unsaved person treats their wife, we are acting in the flesh. We are acting according to that sinful nature. If we lash out at others like the world would lash out, then we are living our life according to this sinful nature, that flesh. So that's what he means by, by, by flesh. So what is the cure to that? Verse 2, I fed you with milk, not solid food for you. For you were not ready for it. And even now, you're still not ready. 
So there's still a progression. He's still having to feed them milk. For you are still of the flesh. In other words, you are still acting in this, in this fleshly, worldly, humanistic way. For while there is jealousy and strife among you, you are not, are you not of the flesh? So part of this characteristics of the flesh, this, this sinful human nature is jealousy, strife, anger, walking out of love. And you are behaving only in a human way. See, when Paul wrote this, this was in 1 Corinthians, when he wrote this, this was three years after he went to the city of Corinth. And the first time we read in Scripture when he visited that city is in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 18. So three years later, um, he's writing this letter to them. So we have new converts New, uh, when we mean by convert, we mean someone who received Christ for the first time in Acts 18, three years earlier. So from, in Paul's point of view, it takes three years, at least three years, for someone to develop into mature adulthood. It doesn't take very long. It's not equivalent to 18 or 21 years in natural birth. So what, what's my point? My point is, is that don't think that it takes a, a, such a vast amount of time to grow and to develop spiritually. Don't think you have to, to go to Bible college, that you have to be some type of scholar or, or theologian. You can develop in the things of God in just a couple of years. But just give God that effort. Put that effort in. Put your, book, put your nose in that book and learn to develop. And let that word change the way you think. And once it changes the way you think, it will change the way you speak. And once you change the way you speak, you'll find out your actions will follow right behind. It doesn't take long. But you got to put in the effort. So the, the third thing is, is that babies are irritable. They get upset. You know, my daughter, she knows a couple words. Not Allie, Maddie, my two-year-old. So I have an 18-year-old and I have a two-year-old. Go figure that. So my two-year-old, her two favorite words are no, 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 and mine. Right? I think that's pretty typical. When it comes to spiritual babyhood, I think that's a lot of times the two words that we like to use to, to, to God. No, 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 God. You can't tell me to go volunteer in church. I don't, I don't want to volunteer in church. No, God. No, mine. My money, I want to hold on to, to my money. I don't want to be obedient and to love and to sow seed and, and, and to be a blessing. No, God, I don't want to go be a blessing to my neighbor and bring over um, a baked pie or, or, or mow their lawn or, or, or shovel their, their driveway. We're irritable. We, we get upset. Or how about we're irritable to those we love, to our, to our family members? 
to our spouse or to our children, to our coworkers. We're just irritable. You know, I'll be honest with you, I can be pretty irritable. You know? But that's not the way that we're supposed to live. Spiritual growth is the process of becoming more and more like Jesus Christ. When we place our faith in Jesus, our lives go undergo a transformation. So in Romans chapter 12, uh, verses 1 through 2, he's, Paul says, I urge you, brothers, um, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. So when we're presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice, we're, we're sacrificing our wants, our desires, our selfish motives. We're sacrificing uh, the way we talk to the way God wants us to talk. We're sacrificing the way we want to think to the way God wants us to, to think. So how does this happen? Well, verse 2 says, and be not conformed to this world. So that word conformed there literally means to be shaped and fashioned in a mold, like in a foundry, where we're shaped and fashioned under the world's, under our society, under our culture's way of thinking and doing things. We're not to be conformed to that. But we are to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. So that word transform there is, is the Greek word metamorpho. And metamorpho is where we get the English word metamorphosis, to change from the inside out. And so when I think of the word metamorphosis, I think of a butterfly. Now, in the early stages of a butterfly in the, you could call it the babyhood stage of a butterfly, what are they? They're a caterpillar, right? And so they're just crawling, you know, on the ground, trying to look for something, food, a tree, or whatnot, and all of a sudden, a bird just snatches them right up, you know? So... Because they're in that babyhood stage. So they're open for attack. But the, the, but the purpose of a butterfly is not to stay a caterpillar. It's to transform into a butterfly. The purpose and the plan that God has created that, that insect to be. So he crawls up a tree and he makes a cocoon. And then he comes out of that co cocoon in a couple weeks' time, and he's a butterfly. That is like, just like Christianity, our, our, our walk with God. We come in this world as a, as a believer in Christ. We're in that babyhood stage. We're like a caterpillar. 
But if we don't get to the tree, if we don't make the cocoon, and the cocoon is the cocoon of God's word. The cocoon is the cocoon of his presence. If we don't wrap ourselves up in his presence, wrap ourselves up in his word, and allow that to change us, allow us to develop into the person that God has created us to be, then we will be open to the attack of the enemy, and he will swoop down and suck us right up. But if we get into the cocoon of God's presence, into the cocoon of God's word, we become a butterfly and we spring out of that cocoon and we can just float above like a butterfly over the test and trials of life. The test and trials may come, but we can float right above them on the wings of the spirit that God has given to us. But he wants us to develop. So there are signs or indicators that we are growing spiritually. Number one is love for God and for people. In 1 John 3.14, uh, the, the, the scripture says, We have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. We have passed from death to life. We have passed out of that spiritual death, being dormant from the things of God. When we were saved, when we were born again, we became partakers of his divine nature, the very nature of God, his very life. His very life comes on the inside of us. And the proof is that you have received that new life is that you love. Love is the, did you know love is the very, very first fruit of the spirit mentioned in Galatians? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those are the the nine fruit of the spirit. But love is mentioned first. And I particularly believe that the rest of the eight flow out of that first one of love. And the proof that you have been born again, the proof that you have been saved is that you have love. Love for God and love for people. It is impossible for you to have hatred in you and be born anew of God. Because a child of God does not hate. So be very, very careful when you say that I hate somebody. Be very careful when you lash out at somebody because a true child of God cannot have hate on the inside of them. So love that's the first sign, love for God and people. Uh, number two, embracing spiritual disciplines of consistent prayer in reading your Bible and church attendance and involvement. Church attendance and involvement. So one thing about the babyhood stage is you have to wear um, a bib, and you have to have someone else feed you. But when you come into an adulthood stage, you take that bib off, and you put on an apron. You start serving, and you start serving and blessing others. And uh, number three, an increasing desire to obey God 
obey and serve God and people. Number um, four, increasing desire to please God and obey him. Number five, walking the walk, not just talking the talk. Baby Christians talk the talk, but they don't walk the walk. And then a love for worship and a generous heart. Being not easily offended, but are able to to forgive those who offend you. And then others see this evidence of growth in your life. And then you have peace in your life. Why do you have peace? Because you have become totally dependent upon God. So today I just want to encourage you guys. I spoke just for a few minutes to pursue God with everything you have. Pursue him in his word. Wrap yourself up into that cocoon of his presence, of, to, of, of his word, and let him transform you from the inside out. What God did on the inside of you, let that come out on the outside in how you think, how you speak, and how you treat others. We used to sing a song years, years ago, and this dates me, but it was 25, 30 years ago growing up. But we used to sing something on the inside, working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. Let what's working on the inside of you come on the outside of you and let that change your life. Dear Heavenly Father, I spoke for a few moments today. Lord, I ask, Father, that everyone in the sound of my voice, Father, that that you are working with them, that you are working in them to perfect that which concerns them. That, that you are developing them from that babyhood stage into mature adulthood, Lord. Father God, I thank you that um, for those of you who may be here, um, if you have never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you want to come to that knowledge of the truth, and you want to develop into what God has for you, and you want to reject the things of this world, and you want to pursue him with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength, I just want you to lift, lift your hand now. Thank you for the hand. I see that. Why don't we just pray this prayer to, to, together? Around here we call it um, the believer's prayer. It's, it's, a, it's a prayer that those who have faith in Christ make to acknowledge him, to accept them in, into their life. Dear Heavenly Father, I come before you now. I repent of my sin. I, t- I repent and turn my back on the things of this world's culture. I ask that you forgive me now of all my wrongdoing. Cleanse me of my sin. Cleanse me of my shame. Make me a new person. I believe that that you sent your son 
to die on the cross in my place to bear everything that was against me. He died, but I believe he rose from the dead to give me new life. And I ask right now to come on the inside of me and change me. Make me a new person. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer for the very first time and you felt something on the inside of you change, what I want to tell you is that is God coming on the inside of you. And he's giving you his life and his spirit is on the inside of you. You are a new person. And just like a baby comes into this world, that is innocent before God, before their parents, I want to declare to you right now, you are innocent. There's no more shame. The guilt is gone. You are a new person. So if you prayed that prayer for the very first time, or maybe you should have prayed that prayer but didn't, in a, in, a, in a little bit, I wanted to invite you down to the front, and we have our prayer team that will be up here in a few moments that want to meet you, that want to pray with you, that want to help you get started on this new journey in life with Christ. At this time, the hosts will make their way. They will be passing out our communion elements. We're going to be partaking of, of communion. And we're, I'm just so thankful for what Jesus has done on the cross for, for us. It was only because of what he did on that cross. That is the only way that we can partake of that new life. That's the only way. And his body was broken for our guilt, our shame, and our sin. And his blood was shed for our redemption. To buy us back to God. Now, communion was intended for followers of Jesus Christ for participation, for celebration, for past and present and future gen generations. It's for the whole body of Christ. And in the purpose of communion is, is a time where we commemorate and look back to the death of Jesus Christ. But it is also a time where we look forward to his coming. He's coming again. It's also a time where we uh, consecrate ourselves to him afresh and anew for his service and plan for our life. It's a time where we acknowledge and promote the unity with Jesus Christ in our personal relationships with other people. It's a time where we examine ourselves. It's a time where we examine if we're walking in unforgiveness or out of love with someone else. Because we're all one body. We're one together. 
and there shouldn't be any disunity in the body of Christ. So there's three big words here with communion. Participation, remembrance, and examination. So participation, 1 Corinthians 10, 16. The cup of blessing that we bless, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not a participation in the body of Christ? So we're in this together. And when we partake of the bread, we partake of everything that that bread stands for. We partake of forgiveness. We partake of everything that the body of Christ did on the cross in our redemption. We partake of everything that the blood of Jesus has accomplished for us. His blood accomplished our salvation. His blood accomplished for us being right with him, that we're no longer wrong, that there's no more enmity, no more hatred between God and man, but there's perfect union. We partake of that union. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 23 through 26, Paul writes, For I have received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup. After supper, saying, This cup is the new test, new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Verse 28 goes on to say, Let a person examine himself. And so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. And Paul goes on to says, those who don't examine themselves and who, who um, don't discern the Lord's body, he says that they drink judgment unto themselves. And he said, that's why many are sick and weak among you. And some even die early because they're not discerning the Lord's body. And what Paul's point is, they're not discerning that we're all part of the body of Christ. And so when we're walking in unforgiveness and out of love, in spiritual babyhood and immaturity towards one another, we're not discerning the Lord's body. And he says, if we don't examine ourselves and change that and don't judge ourselves, then we open ourselves up for judgment. And he said, that's why many are sick and why many die early in, in, in life. So at this time, as we pray, examine yourself. Examine to see if you're walking in, in love. Examine yourself, seeing if, if there's any jealousy or bitterness or unforgiveness towards other people. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you right now. We thank you, Father, for your goodness. We thank you, Father God, for what you have done on the cross. We thank you, Jesus, for the price that, that, that you paid for the, your body being broken 
that you were bruised for our iniquities, chastised for our transgressions. Thank you, Father, for sending Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for what you have done for us in your body being broken. for shedding that blood that we can partake of everything that that blood has accomplished for us that we are right before you that we have that 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 you have justified us made us righteous before you that you have given us your spirit your life on the inside of us that if any person be in Christ he is a new creation that old things are passed away and that all things have become new. We thank you for the newness of life because of the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for the blood. You may drink. worship for what he's done for for us on the cross. At Refuge, we believe all people matter to God. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to connect further with Refuge, feel free to go online to wearerefuge.net or on social media at wearerefuge.